Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. This is the Gaming Start Podcast for the 1st of November 2022. My name's Callum. My name's Ewan. You join us this week. Ewan is both back from a holiday and one year older. Um, yes. I'm, yes. I'm sure he's got some fascinating things that he did down where he was with no technology. Um, no, because because we brought we brought all the technology with us. And, I was going to say, yeah, you, yeah. you now have the power of bringing not only Nintendo based technology, but your entire Steam library with you. Yep, I um, did, and I did do that, which is although a I, very I'm, powerful thing. So the one mistake I did make was that, like, so obviously the the Steam, depending on what you're playing, the battery on the deck is like hit and miss. It's sometimes like it's like two hours, sometimes it's yeah. five or whatever it is, and, yeah. which is fine. Um, but I'd also taken uh, a. USB to HDMI converter so I could plug it into the TV that we had in the apartment where we were. Mm, mm. I was like, oh, this will be cool. I can just hook this up, then I can play a bunch of stuff on the big screen when we're not when it's not being used. That's awesome. And then forgot that there's only one USB C port on the deck and you can mm. charge oh, so and... yeah, you can't charge it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, hmm, okay, fair enough. That's why you need your, your deck dock. The deck dock, which is... which is on the way, apparently. Yeah. So it, it, it actually would have been perfect because it is like fucking tiny. Yeah. Like it is, you can throw it in a bag and it's like nothing. Yeah. Um, I, 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 so yeah, you would have just needed to grab an HDMI cable and you're doing fine. Like. Yep. It was it was good. But yeah, no, uh, I, we we went down south and basically worked on various project stuff and music things and played some games and watched TV shows. We watched most of Ted Lasso and one in one sitting which Fair. was very good that show's fucking oh show's so good um yeah you also fun. started watching Andor and stuff like that as well yes uh, I haven't watched this week's but uh I, yes. I haven't either so it's, so uh, yeah it's god that can we just talk about Andor for a little bit like it like, is sure. go for it it is such a weird Star Wars show like the thing is like I don't because the the ones I know that there's like that people have an affinity for are like Clone Wars and yep. uh and this are the big ones that I've really like Rogue the, One the, the one the ones that the ones that uh, Rebel you you sort of tie Clone and Wars Rebels. and Rebels together yeah because yeah, yeah. they're they're kind of like linked and they're the same people yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of Clone Wars Rebels yeah Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like and like the later half of Book of Boba Fett because that just becomes the Mandalorian in the sure. second half. Yeah, so fair. It's, yeah, fair. Um, but like, it's such a. It, when I started seeing like people I, whose opinion I respect about this stuff, saying, and including yourself, that it was like Yo Andor is special. Like, it's not just another Star Wars see by, show. See by see by people you respect. Do you mean uh, Austin Walker? It's basically you and Austin Walker. On yeah. yeah, it's basically you and Austin Walker who I trust for Star Wars yeah. shit. Um, That's fair. But yeah, um, saying like, oh no, this is a really like, there's something here. This is not like a standard because like I never, I never got through the second season of Mandalorian. It just never, I couldn't bring up the courage to do this. But then we started. We, I was like, hey, we'll throw in an episode of Andor and see what the fuck this thing is about. And then six episodes later, we went to bed. Like it was just straight. Yep. One yep. go. I was like, it's such a good show. Holy shit! Like it's yep. so slow in a good way. Like it's mm-hmm. there's so much silence in it it is so good it's a a star wars show that is like it is a it's it's kind of i've said this to multiple people but i'll say here as well it's like the sort of thing that i said they should be doing with star wars for years which is like tell tell stories in that world that don't have to involve the fucking space wizards yep like 100 percent. don't 
don't worry about the Je- people know the Jedi and like the Jedi and whatever. That's fine. There's other shit going on in the galaxy that's like way more interesting and doesn't like get solved by someone literally waving their hand. It takes yeah. like people doing action against it was the Empire. It was the, is, and it's also this is like start of the rebellion stuff, right? So it's like very early guerrilla tactic style stuff. Exactly, so very very low key human ground level stuff. I, I, it says a lot actually. Like even even because even my wife when we were watching it, um, when the the series started, and it was like, oh, what's the bets that I can't remember which character we were talking about. Um, oh, it was there was the the broker. I can't remember the guy's actual name, the character's name, but um. Werner Herzog, not Werner Herzog. Um, the guy who looks like Werner Herzog. The guy who does the Thor movies, yeah. Um, yeah. Can't remember dude's name. But um, she was like, oh, I'm assuming he's going to turn out to be a Jedi. And I was like, I have a good authority that there are he's no the, Jedi the, in this. He's the older, he's the older Skazgard. He's one yeah. of the Skazgards. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. But I was like, I have a good authority that there are no Jedi in this series. And she suddenly went, oh, okay. And then we were just yeah. in at that point, like... It's exactly it's, like that's the, exactly what I mean. Like it's yeah. it's it's the thing that I mean. Spoilers ahead of time, but this has been out for years. Like it's the thing that they fucked up with the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. where that show was really cool and like obviously had big action set pieces because it's about a bounty hunter, a Mandalorian character, and that's fine. But they then and they tied they like did cool things with like Grogu and they like tied it into the universe and it was all really really cool right up until the end of season two when just Luke Skywalker just shows up right and you're like why does he have to be there yeah. like why do you have to tie this to a Skywalker like it doesn't need it and now Andor is doing this and not tying it to, well yet anyway the show's yeah. not done but like if they end up I'll be really upset if in the last few episodes a Jedi shows up and saves the day that would be really bad right but, I, but I understand it because they want they want to show dude with cool laser sword. That's yeah. what people like in Star Wars. But it's like if you, you you if you think at least one or two levels above that, I'd just be like, what if you just set it in Star Wars and make it a human like human rebellion story totally. or like a heist movie or whatever? You can do cool stuff. Like yeah. it's there. And even just yeah. like even not as the, like a general plot. Like I've always wanted the show that is like, what is it actually like to live in Coruscant? What is it like to live in these like a mining town uh, or like a shipbreaker town? Like yeah. that, that whole yeah. planet that is like or that that town they he starts in that's like a shipbreaker town. Oh yeah, the 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 corporate town, yeah, the town that is like owned like, by a corporation. Yeah, like that yeah. shit is so cool. Like it's a, it's an entirely corporate owned town. That first episode starts with like the inner workings of this corp and how they relate to these things, and like all of that stuff is super cool. And then the only thing that worries me slightly is that, like, where they are as of time of recording, um, they have a bunch of plots running at once that I they don't have a lot of time left to resolve. Uh, and I'm intrigued to know how it's going to go because I I assumed that because I didn't look at how many episodes in the season there were, but like when the a plot I'm I'm trying not to get into spoilers here, but like when yeah, the, course, the, yeah. the big set piece happens, I'm like, oh, there's still like a bunch more episodes, and like there's stories that are like barely started that are appear to be pushing on. Like I, I just I just want to know what they're doing, and I know they're doing season two, but like there's a lot here. I'm wondering how how it how it goes. And it yeah, was, I don't know. And my other favorite part of it, I think I messaged you while I was watching it, um, which was um, it is just a cavalcade of like, oh hey, it's that person from BBC yeah. drama or yeah, 
like ITV drama. Remember, remember this guy from some obscure BBC thing from like four years ago or whatever? Yeah, yeah. like when the 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 um, I can never remember the actor's name, but like when the guy from Coupling showed up, I was like, yeah, I was I got that as well. Yeah. I fully expected the rest of the cast to show up at some point. Like it feels like they would all fit quite well into this world they've created. So like I was half expecting the rest of them to appear at some point, and uh, yeah, it was it was cool. It was like, oh, it's that guy, and it's that guy, and yeah, it's it's yeah, it's such a good. I'm glad something like this exists. And again, like yeah, the reminder, if you could, if you'll allow me to be me for a second, the reminder that this story that is entirely about like corporate overreach and control and fascism mm. is being shown on. And commissioned by Disney, the largest corporation out there. Like, yeah, they will happily sell you a thing that says that Disney are evil because they're making money off it. That's, yeah, totally. Um, It's the thing thing that I liked about, or there's one of the many things I like in Andor is that it shows off empire bureaucracy. Yeah. Which is like not, they don't talk about that a lot. And And things that aren't like the books, they don't talk about how how the empire is run and like operates and you and especially it's especially interesting because they're doing it from the perspective of the isb Mm -hmm. who are supposed to be wide-reaching control everything like know everything and be the guys that are the 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 kind of on top of the empire's business at all times so seeing how how that is operated and how basically like how very like the the empire is coded with the sith where it is like fucking ruthless and brutal and things just like turn on a dime just because somebody said something wrong and like it is it's weird how they tie it into like like Sith ideals and mm-hmm. put it into a mass wide empire and then you can see how that ends up making them fall because they are they are inherently at its core broken and, and it, especially because like two turn on each other like it is yeah, yeah. especially because like at this point in the 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 history like like pre-rebellion they are so like what's the i can't remember the line that they use in the show but it's like they're so um confident and lazy at this point because they're just so big yeah. so overpowered that they're yeah, just yeah, like yeah. that it's what it's what happens to that kind of thing where people like the the, the boardroom scenes in the isb where they're all just backstabbing each other constantly because there's no like because who cares they're in charge anyway what's going to happen like they're going to fall of course they're not going to fall like yeah that kind of shit is super interesting as well where you're just like yeah here's a people that are like basically like self-perpetuated their own um their own downfall yeah kind of but also like they've got they've got to a stage where they can keep themselves going forever right all they have to do is not all people have to do is not push back which yeah, yeah, they've yeah. managed to successfully do for a while. It's such an interesting dynamic to see that in a situation where, like, yeah, the Empire is actually, like, giant and overwhelming. And, I mean, there are multiple yeah. people in that show who go, like, what the fuck are you going to do? Like, fight against them? Like, really? Like, multiple yeah, people yeah. say that over and over and over again. It's just, it's such an interesting um, take on that universe. And, it, and, and yeah. exactly, this is what I mean, is that when you make a show like this, you get to yeah. have conversations like this that are interesting about star wars as opposed to just hey as it aren't lightsabers cool and totally. like yeah, yeah exactly that's... and also like it, it makes me actually want to go back and watch rogue one again because i liked rogue one at the time and rogue One's de- really good yeah it was definitely the best of like the new the new era of star wars whatever it was um because it was kind of just like a war movie like it was kind of it wasn't like a yeah. epic story it was just like 
it's about this it was like the closest parallel i had to it was like banner brothers almost where it was just like yeah this it was, kind it's, of, a, it's an insurgency story like yeah, there's a story exactly. of like a small group of people trying to accomplish this goal that's like bigger than themselves it's but like yeah like that idea of of that time period is is so interesting um i'm glad that, yeah i'm glad that they're they're doing it i'm, I'm glad that they've got somebody because who's yeah. do, who's is it is it the Rogue One people who are writing it? Like, it feels like it's a Oh, God. Very I don't different... think it's written by the same people, but I, I might be the same people that are, like, helping make it. I'm not right. sure. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, cool. Andor's awesome. But um, speaking of long, drawn out, well, not drawn out, but long things that we've been watching for a while, you just came off watching TI, right? Yeah. Just, how, it literally fin- it literally finished like two hour, like an hour ago or and this something was the, like this that. was the yeah. the final final ti finals happened. yeah yeah yep so, so as somebody so what what is your current i i've seen you there are two people on my steam friends list who play dota or that yeah. pop up saying they're playing dota and so what is the state of that game right now because i don't think we've had I, a dota so check I, in, I in a while I, I have physically not played dota in years like oh, i just okay. sort of like watch right. it every so often um right. The, the the I mainly pay attention to it when TI comes around because I'm like I like watching TI so I want to like know roughly where the game's at and stuff like that sure. what's going on it's the same as it's ever been like it's just it's the same as any other mobile like it's just this wide reaching they've got billions of heroes the balance is weird like some of the items are fucked like it's it's general it's Dota it's what it is like that's but not... they, they have, it has been continually updated and there's new heroes and stuff and yeah mm-hmm. okay fair enough um... the latest the latest hero that came out is like. I think one of the highest like pick ban things in TI, like you either right. ban him or he gets picked because he's nuts. But yeah, right. well, um, I, I assume they do the thing that most competitive games do, where they introduce characters like that and then put lockdown for like three months before TI, so people can. There's not nope, like late game. That guy, that guy's was in TI. Like you could just pick him. Like that no, was... but I mean, like they don't add new they people yeah, that so, close. So Dota, yeah, Dota, Dota typically do it differently to League, where they will they don't patch as frequently and if they're mm. going to do a patch they will do it always after ti it's usually right. like a few weeks after ti there is like a big patch that'll then shake the game up a bit yeah um mainly because they know that people will watch ti and just be like well we'll do the ti thing in games and then that's really boring so they want to yeah. like shake it up immediately so people don't just like crib style or whatever yeah that makes sense um, um but yeah that's... but in terms of in terms of the final it was i think you said before we started recording it was kind of what people expected to happen happened yeah so the the, the final was uh team secret versus tundra esports uh with tundra being massively favored going in because they'd already beaten secret in the tournament right like earlier so they went in and tundra were also favored because tundra like don't they don't play dota the way that everybody else plays dota they play tundra esports dota and nobody really nobody really pierces that nobody really gets through that it's because they didn't they were there they were kind of like the 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 tournament like trend meta setters quote unquote because in like the group stages before like the actual like quarterfinal semi-final bit they they, their their stuff was succeeding so other teams tried to crowd so the thing that gets brought up they were doing stats and stuff like that on ti they got brought up was in group stages tundra picked crystal maiden as a support like I think it was like nine out of eleven games or something like that. So they just they stuck to this and it was working. So then other teams decided Crystal Maiden must be good. Let's us start picking it as well. And then when it got out of group stages into like quarterfinals, Tundra just didn't pick her. Like they just gave up on her and were like, okay, let's go do something else. Like right. they don't Tundra don't stick with metas. They go and do other stuff and like figure out they they play the heroes that they're good at and then figure out how that works. And it ends up with 
Tundra playing they are like kind of kings of macro level Dota, which is like instead of micro, which is like you how your hero moves and how you control your hero, which mm-hmm. they are also very, very good at. Like fair play to them, they know how to play Dota. Mm-hmm. They are much better at map control and like moving around the map and like keeping people in specific places and like farming really effectively and all that stuff which and they do this thing that like nobody else was really doing at ti which the the commentators defined as like zoo dota which is like they throw so much shit at you that it's hard like it's hard to even pay attention to what's going on so they pick people like broodmother and uh naga siren and chaos knight and all these people that have like clones and mm-hmm. like micro and visage and like all these people that have like clones and things that you control so when they go to fight you you're it's not really 5v5 it's like 5v20 because it's everyone's just duplicated five, themselves it's five and... heroes yeah it's like five heroes but the other side have five heroes plus two ck clones plus eight naga siren clones and like a bunch of spiders from Broodmother and like a whole bunch of stuff so when they go at you it's really hard to like get through and get to them to fight right. them and then you've just lost because the second you lose one you're is insurmountable the amount of like team advantage that they have right. just by sheer number and then so people start banning stuff like that out they start banning out like broodmother and stuff like that so they adapt and change to other macro level strategies that work just as well and people just couldn't deal with it like just right. couldn't touch them and um it was it was it was so the final was expected, but it was still entertaining because watching Tundra play Dota the way nobody else does is still entertaining. It's just it's, they are just very, very, very good. It's not like they're, they it's, not like they're it's not like they're executing like a single play. They're doing like they have like seven plays of yeah. their, their thing and they just call well, it's, it. It's, it's the thing of like they were, they were talking about this at the finals where Tundra have the smallest like pool of champions that they pick from. Right. They are the so they don't branch out of their comfort zone a lot. So they are very, very good at the thing that they do and they are solid at it and nobody right. else could do it. So even when there was a game, I think it was game two in the grand finals where Team Secret thought it was a good idea to try and beat Tundra by trying to almost beat them at their own game by instead of trying to team fight them, we're just going to play objectives. We're just going right. to like take towers and take Roshan and just trying to push up the map. Mm-hmm. Basically to stop them from doing the same thing and wrapping yeah, yeah. around them. Uh and it just didn't work. Like they they tried and they were successful. Like they got really early Roshans and took towers and stuff like that. But but Tundra knew how that worked better than they did and just played around it and got through them. And it was it was unreal to sit and watch. Like so then it'd been secret where they were they had like tried their usual thing. They tried to counter them at their own game. They tried to like do a whole bunch of stuff. Nothing worked. And right. so Secret just like ran away with it. Or uh, Tundra just ran away with it. Um was really really good to watch. It was really good and entertaining to watch. But it was like they they beat them three zero, and everybody was like, "Yep, that's probably about sure. right." Like okay. Tundra, Tundra had been on top the whole tournament, and nobody really expected anything different. It was, but yep, so, so they've got so even though they've got this small pool of heroes that they pull from, how do they evade the the whole pick ban? Because it seems like if that's your if that's your strategy that you've got, like if you're prioritizing legends that can clone, like you could probably pick well, yeah, ban them out. So that, but they've got enough of a pool because you're you can not. Get rid of that they aren't focusing only on like mob style heroes that was just kind of like their favored strategy throughout right. the tournament if they started so they, like i said they started banning stuff out like broodmother and like all these like swarm heroes and stuff like that so all they did was just like 
swap gear yeah. instead of it being like a mob thing all they would do is just focus on wide macro level strategy of like right. control the jungle take down towers all that stuff and then just slowly increment until get to the point where you're controlling the enemy team and they right. can't really leave their base so they and do then have, you've got control over the whole map it's, so they do have like they have multiple plays they can do depending on how yeah, the, the pack it's not, goes it's not just right. the, it's not just this like ball rush mob thing it mm-hmm. is like they they are very macro focused and can do it in a couple of different ways with different heroes. It's just that they don't branch out a lot. There are people out there that like they branched out a couple of times in the the final game of the grand finals where they picked stuff that they hadn't really picked before, and it still just worked because they had this like grand overlying strategy that they knew and understood. Yeah. Um, so it, it still works even when they had to adapt a little bit. But yeah, they they just had this. They had an idea. They knew the heroes they could do it with, and just stuck with it like didn't sure. didn't try anything fancy just stuck with their 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 level of dota and it worked got to the, got the finals won them nine million dollars like they're they're laughing now so it's sweet cool good for tundra esports nice are they like are they known are they new are they no they're they're they only started playing professional dota last year oh so wow okay like cool. pretty pretty fresh like european guys that just tried like just kicked shit out of people like it was great it was the, nice um cool uh so uh video games uh apart yeah. from apart from ti new video games that are not got yeah. hills dota at this point 10 years no it's half older than that i think older i can't that, actually yeah. remember yeah you um, include original dota like oh, tens yeah, yeah. of years yeah 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 um so there's a couple of things i've been playing um the the first one probably um easiest to talk about is plague tale requiem which came out mm. Uh, I really like the first Plague Tale, um, and this is a direct follow up to to the previous game. Um, it's 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 interesting, right? It's the closest I've ever seen a game successfully eat Uncharted in a way that I I don't think any like non like in order to be able to do something like Uncharted, you need to be like AAA, like you need a huge budget to be able to pull some of that stuff off, right? You need like real, um. You need a lot of money behind you to be able to do that kind of stuff. Of course. And this yeah. this appears to be doing a lot of that on a less budget, but not in term, terms of like quality. Like it, it's it's pretty good at doing that thing, right? Where it is the 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 structure of the game. So the structure of the game is not that different from from the previous game. It is a linear it is a linear adventure where you have prioritize you're prioritizing stealth because you're not that um robust a character. Like you have a sling that you can headshot um enemies with one hit but anyone with a helmet is basically invulnerable um and it goes from like uncharted style like um puzzles where you're like moving stuff around to claim on stuff you're shimming around stuff you're kind of platforming adventure style puzzles to these uh basically stealth sections like big stealth stealth sections where there are patrol patterns and you have to hide stuff and you can sneak and use traps and, and all that kind of stuff like the, the kind of mm-hmm. stuff that you would expect from that but there's a level of like uh kind of like uncharted production value to it where there's like, like there are scenes where you're just like running into the camera for instance away from stuff there's oh um, like crash bandicoot style kind like, of yeah. crash bandicoot style but like it works yeah. like it's not like clumsy like it does actually do a really good job um the yeah, it, it feels it feels closer to one of those type of games than it was before. Um the kind of downsides to it are 
they've really ramped up the stealth the stealth sections in a way that is it's probably a personal thing, but like doesn't really jive with me. Where for the first game, most of the stealth sections are there's like two paths through it, probably. Like once they've taught you the base mechanics, like there's like maybe a couple of paths through. There's like a brute force method, and then there's like a, if you're really stealthy, you can get through it here. But it's like it's almost like another puzzle. It's like here's all mm. the bits. Figure out the puzzle to get past this. It's fine. For this game, the 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 stealth sections feel much more open. Like there's areas which are just like there's like four or five different paths through, um, depending on what you want to do, how you want to use your tools, all that kind of stuff. And it's less. I don't. It's, it's somehow less interesting to me because it's not like a puzzle to be solved. It's like, can you fudge your way through this? And also, like, oh, it's, sure, yeah. and it suffers from it. Kind of suffers from the the kind of the Metal Gear stealth problem of like once you're found, you're fucked. But it's not game over. Like you, once you're found and like somebody sees you, like they they charge you and get all up in your face. And if they're helmeted, like you have the um, you know, Last of Us has like a. Maybe it's just knives as like an emergency get out of jail card. Yeah, which it's is like, like it's a it's a shiv. Yes. It's a shiv. Yeah, but basically you've got yeah. that right. But you can only carry one or two. I can't remember what. Yep. So if somebody gets on you, you can shiv and and run. But if there's any more than one person in the area, the next person just chases you down um, and just knocks you out. And but it doesn't immediately game over. So you've got to basically do the thing where you just run at guards and be like, "Cool, kill me." Like I'm done because there's nothing you do. Because also like the the stealth sections are usually like sectioned in reasonable ways where like at the end of it there's a big fucking door with a lock on it that once you're through the door like this is the end of the stealth section right oh but, sure right it's very like gated of yeah, yeah yeah but if you get to that gate while there's an alert running or while people are following you it's actually kind of cool like one of the main the kind of main enemies you'll have is like um spear throwers um who like you can take like the health system's kind of cool actually because if they throw a spear at you the first one will always miss but it'll do like the the Call of Duty Red Jam thing of like yeah ah, one sure. more okay. one more hit and you're fucking dead and then if they get yeah, you again yeah. while you're in that state they'll get it. Um, if you make it to this door while there's an alert happening, your character will grab the door and then a spear will come over your head, slam into the door, and then you'll turn around and they'll be like kind of closer on you and you've got to deal with them. Um, hmm. And I'm like what five hours maybe into it at this point. And they've finally given me like a non-knife-based get out of jail card, which is like a, it's essentially like a throw at the ground and like you've got like ten seconds to get the fuck away. Smoke, smoke bomb, kind of a smoke bomb, but not a smoke bomb. Like basically that kind of idea. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's good. It, the 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 stealth stuff, the opening up, the stealth stuff is not as interesting to me as the previous one was. Like literally, I switched it off last night or a couple of nights ago because I opened a door to this area and it was like the character goes like, man, this area is huge. What are we going to do? And I'm like, I can't, I don't have the brain power to deal with this right now. Um, cause it just, it's, it's more, it's, you have to pay more attention than I was willing to do at that point. It was like, ah, fuck mm, it. I'm, I'm mm. good for now. Um, there's one section that is just like, the checkpointing is terrible. Like there's one long, big, long stealth section that if you die, you go way back to the start of it. But it's actually even worse than that. It's like a there's an area that's around. It's like a kind of like destroyed village that's been taken by the plague, and um, like I say, there's like two or three approaches to the end, right? And I got to the end and then missed where the door was to get to the next area, and kind of just kept following the path because I was like, and it's like forested, so it's kind of hard to see what's going on. 
Um, so I just right. followed the path around. I followed around past the door and ended up back at the start again. And I was like, oh shit, I've gone back to the start. Fuck. I hit reset, restart from checkpoint and it put me at the checkpoint I just triggered by coming back. So it put me back at the start of the section again. And I was just like, oh, Ugh, like th- that kind of stuff is not great. Like there's a couple of things like that. But like, Technically, it's really good. The the it looks really nice. Like it looks really really nice. Um, the character animation and and stuff like that is is really good. The the rat tech has improved. So for people more rat tech, yeah, better the, rat for, tech. For people who didn't see the first game, like one of the big selling points of that first game was like it's like a Black Death style plague carried by rats, but the rats are like they're they're like ghost rats or like they're not real they're like mystic rats right but um they like they swarm and like are treated kind of like water and are scared of light so you can dynamically drop something that has light into the middle of a group of rats and they will spread out to give you areas to run through and stuff like that and they really do a lot of that in this they've really expanded the range of tools you have to do this stuff um specifically for the rats and they'll react appropriately and all that stuff is really good but they've now got sections which are like they are just, it's like um, the zombies in World War Z. Like, they're just water. Mm. Like, they will just, like... Oh, they just flow over stuff. They just flow through. So there's a section um, in, like, um, southern France town, like, on a cliff. There's lots of, like, buildings over, like, thin roads as you're running away. And there's just these swarms of them just, like, coming over buildings and through windows. There's a section where there's, like, it's like a market with, like, canvas coverings over it. And, like, the swarm hits the top of the canvas coverings and just rips through it in a really like realistic way and chases you like it's it's so good it, it, it's incredible but, I, have, uh, I have seen a lot visuals. of video of the the updated rat tech and it is all very impressive it's so, yeah. super cool I, I, um the one weird thing and this sounds super pedantic but like in a game that is like that puts a lot of emphasis on its story and its relationships with the characters right so the first game so the game is set in france I, I can't yeah. tell a time period, to be honest, but there's you meet a bunch of people who are going to Rome on a pil- pilgrimage. So like that would kind of set kind of rough time period. They don't really I don't think they ever actually say a year. But anyway, um it's set in France. All the characters are French. It's I think, don't quote me on this, but it's developed by a French studio. And the first game had those characters, like there was obviously a French dialogue track, but they had those those characters speaking with a French accent in English. And it was really good right they were really good performances and it it worked really really well but in this game as far as i can tell it's the same voice actors yeah or the characters but they all now have like english accents like everyone like there's not a french accent in that game they're all british of varying degrees and it's still set in france it's like south of france is where the game kind of really starts like on near the border with um near the border of France. And it's like one, it's just really jarring considering like the main character like it's Amici and Hugo are the two main characters, right? Like they are yeah. they are French characters. Um and also because they're speaking English with an act like an accent closer to like native English, when the dial when the, the writing doesn't quite hit the same way, it feels weird because they're speaking in that like an accent you would expect that somebody with an accent yeah. would not use those words in that way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So like, some of it is a bit kind of, I, I don't know, some of it doesn't quite hit the same, but like the performances are really, really good. Like um, 
they're doing some interesting narrative stuff i don't know it's it's a it's a cool it's an, it's another one of those games but expanded and like 80 percent of the things they've added to that game are really good apart from like i say the the, the slightly bigger style sections but that's kind of more of a yeah. problem um, yeah yeah it's cool it's 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 a good thing but it and it's good to see that i'm glad that that game deserved a a worthy sequel totally because it, it was it was cooler than it that it was made out to be at the yeah, time it, it kind of came out of no it's definitely like one of the jewels in like focus focuses lineup like i can't remember who the developers are but it's a focus interactive game and like that's definitely one of those like that is one of those publishers that is like super hit and miss right like sometimes they'll sometimes they're just bad sometimes they're really good in the case of this and sometimes they're just weird like i as i was playing through this game kind of because of the setting and the time period i'm like i should go back and finish the council remember the council oh god no you don't I, need I, to finish I need that to, game that game was that game fully was just weird and i need to see what they do with it it's just oh but yeah it requiem's really good um uh it is a another take on a uncharted style adventure that like i say yeah. most of it works and it looks with, great with and rats. with rats and it's yeah it's very cool um and then the other one excuse me the other one was um a game that kind of came out of nowhere for me i think it was at naughty free this year or there was like a trailer at some conference somewhere some presentation um yeah and i wrote it down i was like oh this looks cool and put up my wish list and totally forgot about it and then it actually came out um sunday gold so sunday gold is a game that will probably scare a bunch of people off when you describe it, but it is a combination narrative turn-based RPG with a point-and-click adventure game that is also turn-based. Okay. Um, and it's really good. An interesting mix of genres. It's okay. really good. Um, so kind of the setup is it is. 2070 london um they're going for a kind of like cyberpunk but not cyberpunk like it's more like kind of yeah. dystopian corporate control style cyberpunk as opposed to just pure technology the really like, shit part of cyberpunk yeah like everyone still has like like the main character has like a shotgun like it's not like a space shotgun it's just a fucking shotgun you have people with baseball bats right it's 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 more a corporate control dystopia rather than cyberpunk but um and you basically play oh your team basically are like kind of thugs for hire mercenary style things or you were at some point i'm i'm i've done the first chapter at least um so a lot of the story is still revealing itself but it seems like you're still a thug for hire your partner sally has got out of the game and got herself a proper real job sure but has now come to you with a yo we need to do this this will sort us for the rest of our this is a really one big last pay job it. yeah one last yeah. job style thing um and you are um, she brings this guy called Gavin, who is a recently fired employee of the the big corp in London, who seems to control everything, kind of like Watch Dogs 2, styly. Um Hogan? Hogan, I think is the name of the corporation. Um, and it's basically like, yo, they fired me. I know all the codes to get in. They have a massive amount of data in there. They probably don't want letting out. I can get us in there, get the data and get out again um so it's a it's basically like a heist right so the game's split yeah. this game's split into two area kind of two distinct parts right where there's the the kind of turn-based combat which is it's a jrpg right it is you have action points uh 
you have, yeah, you have action points, you have like attacks, you have special moves, you have items you can use. There's a guard that regenerates your, your action points. Um, there are weaknesses, there are status effects, there are uh, chain moves that like one thing will make you do more damage with another thing. There's like elemental, like weapon elemental stuff that works better on some things like robots work better to blunt damage, humans work better sure, to slashing yeah. damage, all that kind of stuff. Like that stuff is all there. Um, and it's good. Like it, it feels there's a lot of there's like a skill tree. There's uh, the, the the one extra stat in there is there's like a composure meter, which is like how close your character is to losing their shit. And one of the interesting things about Gavin, who's one of the the, the character who's brought who's you're using to get this this heist through, um, like his composure meter sets up slightly differently, where like he will lose his shit quicker than the rest of the characters, so he needs managed more. And by managed, you mean shoot me full of adrenaline. Um, mm. And as they, as there are like three or four different like ticks on their composure meter. And like, if you lose the first one, if you go under the first one, what will happen is basically you have to complete Gavin's turn in 10 seconds or he will just do something on his own. Oh, wow. And then you lose it. If you go down another, another one, it's like five seconds. And you go down another one, it's like he will just do anything. Like you have zero control over him anymore until, oh, you, until you shoot him full of drugs basically um and all that stuff is, is really good like it's uh it's hard it's not easy um it's also it's been a while since i've had a game like that which is uh it's turn-based but it's also like there are action points that are used to use your skills and the way you get your action points back is by guarding so guard will obviously reduce a bit of damage but that will also regenerate your 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 action points so it is kind of like okay you need to manage like who can heal, who's guarding at the right point, so you can get in with the right attack. So you can ch- combo. There's like a um, uh, God. There was another game that had something similar like this um, in terms of turn-based battles, and I can't remember what it was. But there's like a like a, a guard break system where like every car- every enemy has like a number of basically is represented by like a number of shields next to them, and once you and every yeah. physical hit will break one of their shields and once you break shields they're suddenly like much more vulnerable to damage and when you mm. break the shields they become stunned for a turn that kind of stuff so you do interesting things where like every character of yours has a melee weapon and a ranged weapon melee weapons hit twice but do less damage and the ranged weapons do more damage but only hit once so you start to do things like okay how can i get the most physical attacks on them to break all the shields down so that everyone can open up with the ranged weapons and get the right like all that kind of like the stuff you would expect from this yeah, kind of turn-based yeah, yeah. combat which is very good and then the other half of it is a point-and-click adventure, basically, right? It is, but the point-and-click adventure also uses action points. And it's the same action points that are used in the combat. So you, like, everyone starts with, like, I think 7 AP or whatever it is. So moving around an area, and, like, you don't, like, freely click and move around areas. Like, you move to objects. Like, you click on the object and go move to, and your character will move, like, just jump to that. The whole thing, all the, the, the point and click stuff is done from a perspective of like security cameras. So what'll happen is like you'll click move to and like the camera will like glitch out for a second and they'll be in that position as if you've just like lost some footage. Like it's a cool visual trick of how they're they're moving these characters around. Um yeah. so you can move them around as much as you want and examine stuff and all that stuff is free and you can do as much of that as you want. But then like if you want to search a locker, that's two AP. If you want to um grab an item out of a first aid box that's two ap so you end up with this thing it's yeah so you're doing all of that 
every character also has like a a mini game based skill. So like Sally can like is basically like brute force. She can rip open lockers. She can um like break open fuse boxes, that kind of stuff. And it's the it's the kind of mini games you've seen before, right? Hers is basically like kind of like a fishing mini game almost from like Stardew Valley, where it's like keep it in this area for long enough. Oh um, sure, right. Yeah. And that costs AP to use. There's like a skill rating that you level up that depends how difficult the thing is. Um, if you fail it, you lose that AP and it costs you AP to use it again. All that kind of stuff. Um, your main character is a... Um, God, what is his? He's a... He lockpicks, which is like a lockpick minigame. Um, Gavin is a electronics expert, so he does basically mastermind to hack stuff. Like the kind of minigame stuff that you've seen in these before. But the interesting thing comes from so you're using AP to explore these areas and uh, do all your stuff. When you run out of AP or you need to get some back, you end your turn. When you end your turn, there's an alert meter for the area, right? So it starts as if like they have no idea you're here. And then every end turn, it adds a notch to the alert meter. And when the alert meter transitions from like unaware to like warning, it will trigger a fight. Or sometimes it seems like every time you add a notch to it, it does a dice roll and sometimes it'll start a fight. Like guards will just walk into the room and I'd be like, oh shit. So you do end up in these situations where you're like, okay, I've exhausted everyone's AP doing stuff and then you'll get unlucky in a roll and suddenly you're in a fight with zero AP to start with. And you're like, oh fuck, right. So you do end up with this weird, like the point click part of it, you do end up kind of like maybe keeping somebody's AP back so you could at least get like some initial um like maybe some initial healing done or something like that when if you do end up getting in a fight so you do there's this kind of tension of like you can't just explore freely like you do need to make some decisions about what you're looking at and what you're doing um it's a really interesting system it's it's a super interesting thing it sounds it sounds like um, different to just doing a totally normal, like it's, I, I haven't seen anything like it like the voice acting's really good the writing's really good and the art's super cool it's like a super also it's all done like uh all the fight stuff is done like kind of graphic novel style where it's like um like half tone dots and like onomatopoeic words and stuff like that coming off it but the actual like portrait art and the art of the the areas and stuff like that is kind of very dark like exaggerated dark stuff it's it's such a weird thing and it's super cool and i'm invested now in the story and seeing what happens uh sure yeah that's good it's it's awesome it, it's it's very cool it's kind of out of nowhere and it's like I think it's still 15 quid i think it's not let's quickly check that but um yeah and it's i think it's like a, a um first time developer and stuff like that as well there's a demo up right now there's a prologue demo you can go and just try it um where are you the bcom studios I, I don't know it's team 17 publishing it um oh no they've been they've been at this for a while okay never mind they have a bunch of they have a bunch <laughs> of games um, oh no this is all just team 17 this is not those developers okay don't know um but yeah it, it's it's super cool it's worth a look like i said there's a prologue demo that's out right now it's currently 17 yeah take a look at that. the full game's 1749 um and it's good and again like t- to round all of this up i played all that game so far on a um steam deck and it doesn't have gamepad support so i played it all with a emulated mouse on the steam deck and it worked great it's yeah it's totally fine um good yeah. i so mean I, a lot of the ga- a lot of the games that are tried on the steam deck just sort of work it's, yeah 
But even this is like a pure, black magic box. Purely mouse based game. Like Oh sure, yeah. And even stuff like so like you've got to enter like passwords into computers and stuff like that. I was like when you just click on the, the text box to type it in, I was like, oh shit, I don't have a keyboard. And then I had to look up like how you bring up like the soft keyboard on the Steam Deck and it's like, oh, oh yeah. And then you bring yeah. it up and it just fucking works. It's yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um cool. Yeah, that's any gold. Um we should do something with that. I, I, I kind of want to show that thing off to really show yeah, mechanically, sure. mechanically what it does. It, it's kind of awesome. Um, but yeah, uh, let's go to break and then we will cut back with what you've been playing and a little bit of news. Sure. So um, I was looking for music um, and all of the stuff that's out now is either has available OSTs or um, don't have anything worth um, showing. But one of the things I did go back to, um, I just had the, again, the advantage of the Steam Deck is that you can go back and go, oh yeah, this would work quite well on this, and I can just sit and watch TV while doing this. And I yeah, put yeah. another fucking three, four hours into Wilmot's Warehouse, because it works <laughs> super well on that thing. Yeah, um, yeah, it would do. I mean, that's like super like easy. So, yeah, yeah, totally. And it, it, it works great, and it looks great, and yeah, ideal for that kind of platform. Um, so yeah, and I'd forgotten that the music in that thing is actually really good. Um, it's done by Eli Rainsbury, who's done music for like a bunch of kind of like um, smaller games. They did um, the music for No Longer Home, which was a game I keep meaning to come back to, which was like a, a kind of narrative story of people leaving home or people coming back home after after college and stuff like that. Monsters Expedition, I think, was another one that that that, that they did the the music for. Um, and it's cool. So I'll do a, a track from from the Moments Warehouse OST. So this is a uh, customer service from the Moments Warehouse OST. Uh, check the link for posts where you can pick that up. And we'll be back with some news and some more games after this. That was customer service from the Wilmot's Warehouse OST. Check the links, uh, check the post for links so you can pick that up. Um, what weird fucking video game that was. Yeah, the time. it's great. I still, you still have the end. I, one, of, one of my favorite videos we did because it was like, it really showed what was great about that game where you can look at the same things and go like, oh, that clearly goes in this section of this fake warehouse. Yeah, we made. Complete, two, two brains working in completely different ways. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's excellent for that. Um. Cool. So, what have you been playing that wasn't watching TI at the same time? Marvel Snap. Yeah, that's literally right. it. Okay, that's literally all I've been playing is Marvel. Snap. Okay, so this <laughs> thing, <laughs> I looked at this thing when it got announced because I got the notification of phone that was like, "Hey, Marvel Snap's now available." I was like, "Cool." It's Marvel I don't Snap. Yeah. Give a shit about a Marvel-based card game that's quite clearly here to take my money. And then all of my fucking Twitter was like, "Yo, Marvel Snap's really good." What? The it's fuck? not there to. It isn't there to take your money. It's that's okay. not what it's there for. Okay. So what is Marvel Snap? Uh, Marvel Snap is the new game by uh, Ben Broad, who people are at his new studio anyway, uh, who people remember as like the lead designer and face of Hearthstone when Hearthstone was at its peak. Oh, so this um, is part of the fucking story I missed. Okay, right. This suddenly yeah, makes way so, more sense. 
yeah made by made by the hearthstone guy the kind of the 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 underlying mechanics of how cars work kind of shine through when you realize it's the guy that made hearthstone um but it is a free play marvel card game that at its core is designed to be fast it's not like magic where like a game of magic can take upwards of like 10 minutes or whatever or hearthstone where it can take anywhere from like 5 to like 10 15 minutes games of marvel snap go in like a minute and a half or like two minutes things are really really fast and it's designed to like be there on your phone to pull out when you've got like a spare five minutes or whatever play a couple games put away again um it is the way it works is you build a deck as you do in every card game uh but i'll talk more about the cards in a minute uh and every game starts with it, it works the same way as hearthstone where you gain like a mana a turn up to six mana game has a maximum of six turns um so you only ever play like it goes one two three four five six for your mana True. um typically means that decks are built to they're they are built on curve which means you want to play your one-on-one your two-on-two your three-on-three etc sure. etc obviously there are ways around that where on two you could play like two ones or on three yeah, you could yeah. play a two and a one or depends on how your deck's built most of the time you're ramping into your five and your six which are your big powerful effect cards uh every game has three lanes to play in where every lane has a unique effect and the effects are revealed at the start of every turn of the first three turns so on turn one the effect of lane on the far left is revealed and on turn two the middle one then turn three on the far right and they're random yeah they're random okay so it can be anything it can be completely innocuous to like when the location gets revealed you draw a card that's fairly innocuous but still quite good to like ones like uh mojo world they're obviously they're all based on like marvel locations so you've got stuff like carmitage which is like where dr strange is from or like mojo world which is like the bizarro world that lives inside the tv and marvel uh that effect is like the people with the most cards in this lane get plus 100 to their power which is so every lane has a i guess you say the way you win is by you win two out of three of these lanes that's how you win and the way you win is by every card has a power that power gets totaled up in the lane and the one with the highest power between the two people in that lane wins that lane if you win two of them you win the game that's how that works so mojo world having the effect of whoever has the most cards here has a hundred power or gets a plus a hundred power in this lane basically means if you put four cards in that lane you're probably winning it or if you put four cards and the other person doesn't you're probably winning it um so the effects can be really really small to massive like hugely impactful things there's like one that's like destroy all the other lanes so you can only play on one lane so you have to be really really careful about what you're playing uh there's like ones that say only one card can be played in this lane there's like the 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 two ones that are the most impactful are i think it's the tva the tva says that this game ends after turn four so you don't get your five and six you just the game ends at turn four Mm-hmm. And then there's another one that says that this game has a seventh turn, so you go up to seven. Right, uh, okay. That's even weird. Because the, the you build your deck normally for it to be six turns, so a lot of decks just get completely fucked if you take away two turns from them or add an additional turn to them. It's really weird, but it's... Oh, uh, okay. So it's a good way to really so, throw somebody off who's built a deck for a specific it, it, area. It is, yeah, exactly. Like So it, it adds this like er, like realm of randomness that kind of makes the game a bit more interesting it's kind of why you can see this guy obviously made hearthstone because hearthstone's yeah. like 99 percent random yeah but it's 
so that's so that's okay so then you have the effect of the lanes and then you have the effect of the cards that you're playing which then can impact basically your power in lane so the the two decks that are the most popular right now are your um on reveal deck and your ongoing deck on reveal decks basically say when this card is played do a thing yep and ongoing is like when this card exists it does something for the entirety of it existing so that is like so ongoing is like a card that's really popular called blue marvel which basically says ongoing all your other cards get plus one power so that's your ongoing thing your on reveal thing is something like white tiger that says that when this is revealed put a seven power tiger in a different lane so that's okay that that's what that does and that's it it just does it once and then that's it so the two decks your on reveal deck revolves around you basically ramping into things like white tiger and then finishing with odin that says trigger all the on reveal effects again in this lane Mm -hmm. so if you've got a white tiger that triggers when it gets played you then play odin and it triggers again um that got really really popular when the game came out because they have this thing called hot zones which are like they pick a location and then that location is more likely to appear for like two days basically okay and when the game came out the hot location was uh Kunlun, which is the place where Iron Fist is from, that says on reveal effects happen twice. So you play a thing ah. there and it happens twice, and then you Odin, and Odin happens twice, so your effects had happened four times, and it's so it became nuts. So on reveal is quite a popular deck. And the other popular deck, which is more popular, is ongoing, which is things like uh Kazar, which says like all your one drops get plus one power, Blue Marvel, which gives all your power your cards plus one power uh onslaught that says all your ongoing ongoing effects are doubled so if it's plus one it gets plus two if it's like it's that sort of thing yep that's more of like a slow increment value deck you kind of like spread your stuff out and it builds over time but um yeah that's kind of generally how the cards work there's other stuff that's to do with like if you discard stuff you get effects or if you destroy your own cards you get effects it's it's it has all the effects of a typical card game but because it is limited by six turns and there's not a lot of weird interactions it's all very like understandable when you read the card games are quick like really fast people know what their decks do really really quickly and just try and execute on it um there's very little in the way of interaction with the other person's board so it is there's some cards that do it there's like some destroy effects and stuff like that but it's more about you understanding how efficiently you can do your deck's thing right. in such a way as to where you're going to win the two lanes, which is a lot of maths and thinking about, like, thinking ahead of, like, what cards can you draw that will then give you the best effect and, like, where you're... And every lane can only have four cards in it. So it's about, do I overcommit to this lane in this way to then get something from it in the other lane or do i spread it out to then hopefully get this like big trigger turn later or whatever mm. it is so that's where the strategy is like you have a limit of four and it's about your placement and where you're putting things at the specific time if that mm-hmm. makes sense um and yeah that's that's all it is and i think it's popular because it is like it's really easy to understand it's fast and it's not trying to like get your money for packs so the, right. they've this done is gonna a really, be my next really, question yeah so they're doing a really, really clever thing where um, they don't, you're, you don't get cards from packs. Packs don't exist in this game. The way you okay. get cards is by all the cards in your collections have a level. 
And it is all it is. It doesn't change the effect of the card or anything like that. All it is is it changes how the card looks. So it goes from like a 2D card to a 2D card that has what's called a frame break where the art breaks out of the frame of the card to then becoming 3D to then getting a shiny logo to then getting animated and the whole all this stuff. Got you. As you play cards in a deck, at the end of every game, you'll get given currency to then upgrade that card, which are called boosters. That is, they they let you upgrade the card to the higher level of like how it looks. Basically. So it so it's the first card game with cosmetics for the cards. No, it's not the first game with the cosmetics for the oh, cards. Okay. All other card games have had that. Okay, uh, that's right. just kind of that's just kind of like focuses the cosmetic thing as a progression path, but the. The cosmetic thing, because the, there's two different realms of cosmetics, and I'll get into that. Okay. So, so as you upgrade the 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 quality of the card to get all these like shiny doodads or whatever, you're given points towards your power level, quote unquote. Right. That every that gives you things in increments of two. So every two levels, it will give you more uh, credits that you use to upgrade your card quality for to get the, the shiny new things. And every four levels, it will give you a new random card. Right. That's how you get cards. You, gotcha. As you as you upgrade the cards that you own by using them, because you only ever get boosters for cards that you're using in the deck. So okay. If you're, cool. So the 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 I think it's twelve cards or sixteen cards, however many cards it is in your deck. Those are the cards that when you win a game, you will get boosters for randomly, but you will get boosters for them, and right. slowly they will build up. Um, as you upgrade higher level things, you will get further on your track. So if you upgrade something from like base level to green level, which is one above it, you'll get one point on your power level. But if you upgrade something from purple to gold, it's like six levels. So you get like three unlocks. It's but that's how you that's how you unlock cards. There's no packs to unlock. It's literally just as you play the game and change your card quality, you get more cards. That's it. Um, the thing that the thing that you can spend money on is a battle pass because of course every game has a battle pass yep um which is a different level to your power level your battle pass level you complete achievements and then that gives you battle pass levels so it's not tied to your power level which is different if that makes sense that's your sure sure, sure. you get from your card thing the thing that you can spend money on is the battle pass and what are called variants which is different arts for the cards that you own. Yeah, like those comic are, variants, right? Yeah, com- well, well, yeah, the comic variants where it's like, so if I take the example of, let's say, Punisher, right? Yep. So you've got base level Punisher, which just looks like Punisher. You then have like ultimate Punisher, which is Punisher from the ultimate, ultimate universe in Marvel. Mm-hmm. There's then like pixel art variants. There's like cartoon variants. There's chibi variants, whatever variant. All it is is just changing the art on the card, but when you unlock a variant, that is a different level up quality track to the base card. So the example I can give you is I have base Hawkeye, but I also have weird fat cartoon Hawkeye, and they are of different qualities because you can level them up differently. Right, okay. They use the same booster, they use, still use Hawkeye boosters, but you can level up whatever card you want variant-wise. And are so they is, stat different? No. Nope. Exactly okay. the same card. It's literally right. just the art's different. That's it. Okay. But it, it gives you more sync for your boosters to then level up your power level to unlock new cards. It's weird where 
you are you you can you unlock variants as well on like the battle pass and like on your power track mm. and stuff like that but and with achievements but if you spend money for more achievements of cars you could in theory then put your boosters into the lower rank variants right of car cards that you have at higher quality to then increase your power level to unlock more cards that's kind of right. how you could do it in theory you still have to get boosters you still have to play the game to unlock the ability to get the boosters to increase your card quality and you also need to use the cards that you want to upgrade and yeah exactly so you have to use it to then get the boosters for it to upgrade it right it's a weird system it's a very strange system to get your head around but it does make sense and i think it's better because the thing that the thing that that kills or for me anyway that kills card games a lot is that the second people figure out what the good deck is, mm-hmm. they they spend whatever resources it is, whether it's like wild cards and Magic the Gathering or wild cards and Hearthstone or whatever it is, to to build the deck mm-hmm. and then play it. So when you're playing the game, you see the same deck quite a lot because people realize it's the good deck and play it a lot. So it gets a really, really boring really really fast because you're playing against the same cards over and over and over again and it's really dull this game because unlocks are randomized you can't just build the deck you can build your variant of the deck with the cards that you have but you can't Mm. just build the deck yeah you have to build whatever it is that you have it feels a lot like what's called kitchen table magic where people just take cards that they have or think are cool and just build a deck with it and play it that's what it feels like and that is like the core of fun in card games of like playing stuff and going oh shit that's a cool card what does that do oh shit that interacts with this in this weird way instead of just seeing the same shit over and over again it's way more interesting because you see cards and you're like oh fuck what the hell is that i've never seen that before oh that would be good in my deck i hope i'm like that soon like it's that sort of thing that's cool that's a really good solution to that problem exactly it solves the problem of net decking where you can net deck, sure. You can get the like. You can read a forum somewhere and be like, "Hey, I've got this list that plays really well," and you can take that list and be like, "Well, I've got some of these, but I could substitute in this other card that I have, or be like, I like this card, and I don't have the card that you're talking about, so I'll just play this instead." So right. you end up with really high levels of variance between deck to deck, where you then you then aren't. It's it's worse for people who want to quote take it seriously, I guess, because they aren't able to predict stuff. Because people who just play cards they've not seen before, mm. but it's way more fun for people who are playing it casually. Because then you're just like, "Oh fuck, this happened." Okay, I lose to that card because I've never seen that card before. That's weird, but sure, whatever. And it doesn't really matter when you lose because it's so fast. You just go and pick up another game. Yeah, exactly. And the so the the genius of it, the the really fun thing in Marvel Snap is the the snap mechanic which is the titular snap mechanic, yeah, yeah. where at any point in the game so you 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 level up you your rank levels up obviously based on performance every 10 every 10 points you get you level up and that's that's you leveling up for your like your rank basically um every game when you win you get two points mm-hmm. at any point you can say i'm going to snap which is there's a big there's you're fighting for these like cosmic cube things and mm-hmm. if you hit the cosmic cube you snap that is you saying i'm doubling my buy-in so instead of you winning two you then win four. Oh, okay if your your opponent can also snap back and then you're playing for eight 
So There's if like you're a- confident you can snap and be like, well, I, I think I'm going to win here, so I'm going to snap and then win double my winnings. Mm-hmm. Um, snapping is also then used as a mind game where I have seen people snap on like turn three or whatever, or turn two as like a mind game of, I'm sure I'm going to win this. I'm going to snap on turn two. I've got shit you haven't seen yet. I'm confident that I can do this. I feel my hand is so good. I'm going to snap right now. Because most of the time you're snapping on like turn five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't snap. Once you hit, once the turn happens, you can't snap. So if you play your cards and hit go, as long as your opponent doesn't say go, you can snap. But the second your opponent says go, it's done. And you can't snap until the next turn. So right. most people are snapping on like turn five when they go like, okay, I see where this game's going. I think I'm going to win. I'll snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are people who are snapping on two or three as like a main game because at any point you can choose to retreat, which is... Oh, okay. You, you just saying, okay, I'm out. Like, I sure, you've got it. You then don't lose the amount. You lose, I think, two or one. I think it's yeah. two. You lose two cubes. So instead of you potentially losing four you're losing two by you just bowing out immediately. So people right. are mind gaming you and trying to like basically strong arm you by going like, I'm going to snap now. You better retreat because you're definitely going to lose because I've snapped and I think I'm great. Right. You can call their bluff and be like, now nah, I'm going to play it out and win or lose and then lose four cubes. Or you do the better thing, which is the second they snap you on turn two, you immediately snap back and be like, fuck you. We're coming, We're going to play for eight now. Let's see how let's see how good your hand is. That's that's the fun of Marvel Snap. The second that you either snap someone back or snap yourself, have them snap back and beat them, and you get eight cubes, it is the best feeling in the world. It is so good to take eight cubes from someone, especially when they snap you on turn two and you immediately snap back. It's the best feeling. Who would have um, imagined that the secret, the, the the most exciting thing in digital card games in a long is time gambling? is fucking poker? Yeah, yeah. Is, is <laughs> my hand is better than your hand? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's awesome. It's, okay, it, that's cool. It's so good. It's such a smart mechanic, and it's so simple. Um, because obviously, feeling losing eight feels like shit. Yeah, but bet. but getting eight, especially to fuckers that snap so, on two, is really good. <laughs> so sorry, see, maybe I missed this. So the 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 currency that you're gambling on here this mm. is the currency that's used to buy new packs no it's no it's, it's it, all it is is the thing that is like increasing your rank so it's, it's like your rank. rank points yeah okay. it's like rank points. the your boosters the boosters that you get to change card qualities and like credits and stuff like that are all separate to your rank okay. score so like that's different like what can you get to the point where you don't have any cubes to bet no. with so every okay no 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 you, you you'll always have cubes even if you're like the lowest rank on zero every game plays for two cubes that's it right okay like you're you're always playing for two it's whether or not you choose to snap that's when you start betting stuff that's and the... then that's when you can potentially drop in rank because you're losing yeah exactly yeah right okay yeah. so I mean, if you can were... always drop in rank if you're on zero and you lose a two you still drop in rank but it's more yeah, of yeah. like if you think you're good enough and you're snapping you're gonna gain ranks faster like that's the so that's the that's the trade-off right so like, what's so i assume the matchmaking then would have to be good enough where you don't have high rank players starting games immediately snapping and it's not worth your money to continue because like you're solo rank that like all you're going to do well, is no, because get- eventually, eventually you get to the point where you're at zero and if they're betting if they're snapping and betting four and you've got nothing to lose oh yeah, yeah. okay that's, that's all yeah, yeah. that's fair, all fair, loss fair. on them like that's that's just benefit for you that, that's nothing yeah, there's that's no fair. bad that's fair okay yeah. 
but it's the, it's when you're getting into like the where I am right now, which I think I'm like diamond rank or something like that, where people are people are less likely to aggressively snap you because they realize right. they're at high ranks and they don't really want to lose their like shiny whatever. Um, sure, I don't give a fuck. So I I all in that shit. I snap every <laughs> fucking like nearly every match. I don't give a fuck about my e number. Like who cares? Excellent. But it's more it's more fun to watch people fucking panic when you on like turn four or whatever so that when you play cards they're played face down until both players have played their cards then they get turned face up oh, so the second okay. that you the second that you on turn four really quickly quickly play a card past your turn and snap fucking terrifies people at high rank because they yeah, are because they're like what the fuck is that card why did you play it so fast why did you snap what the hell is going on here right like they fucking panic. So the amount of times that you like on turn four just play a card, hit go and snap, and they retreat. You're like, cool, three two cubes. Thanks. <laughs> Didn't even play anything that good. Just like they just got scared. It was you great. You just got the main game part um, of it. That's cool. Yeah, you just got the you so, just got the bluff part. Mainly because like it's, it's it's part of the reason that like I don't play ranked a lot in games and stuff like that because like it's people, especially I'm playing with people because people change when there's a number on the line. Oh yeah, I yeah, don't for care. sure. I don't care about my rank or whatever. So this is especially good because it is a single player thing with no team that because I am quite good at card games, I'm quite good at Marvel Stop and I don't give a fuck about my number. So if you face me in Marvel Stop, I will be the most aggressive snapper you have ever seen in your fucking <laughs> life because do not give a fuck about that number, but I do care about getting that eight snap and winning. <laughs> like that's what I care about because that is fucking great. So yeah like it's great it's an ideal game for me because i don't care and that you can gamble it's fantastic it's so good so is it is it only synchronous multiplayer or there's no like single player story thing yeah or only like only multiplayer cool. only multiplayer cool but the, st- the stakes it, are like so fucking low that like who cares like yeah yeah totally but you can just play and, it. and i'm assuming there's no like troll path like there was in some like clash clans where you can just like emote at people or text chat and like that uh you can email at people but you have the option to like just mute people oh, okay. okay i've also like not seen emotes that much the only emote i've seen is like at the start of a game people say hi and then that's it. okay like Fair i'm enough. not i've not seen emote spam or anything like that it's just been people interesting playing the game okay it's great i should check this out that sounds low impact yeah, enough the, where the, i might actually it is the it is the it is the best way to possibly like just like try a card game because it is really really simple to understand and like you're not gonna get immediately bullied by people with the best deck because the yeah, best exactly. deck doesn't really exist. It's just what people have, and they put sure. it together. Um, cool. Yeah, it's great. Marvel Stats a really, really good game, and it, I am genuinely shocked at how good it is. Um, I didn't expect it. Like, obviously, Ben Broad's got cred. Like, he designed mm. one of the most popular card games that ever existed. That like helped boost the idea of like online card games and how they work. Sure, but didn't expect him to then just come out of the gate with a marvel license and be like we're doing this weird fast-paced gambling marvel game that yeah works perfectly like it's such a good idea um yeah it's great cool really cool guy really cool game excellent um cool so we've got a couple of new stories that we kind of want to hit um that we have not yet uh Let's talk about well. Let's actually let's start with the Silent Hill stuff because that's pretty straightforward. Um, yeah. So, uh, October nineteenth, there was a the Silent Hill transmission 
or I think it was announced like the week before, whatever it was, from like official Silent Hill channels that were like, we are doing a stream on Thursday, whenever, uh, with announcements, and everyone who's me lost their shit. And I was like, okay, they're actually going to do something, right? They're going. I was excited. I was excited to see what they were going to do with Silent right. Hill, like, because again, this is a Konami-owned property. Like Konami, this is a Konami-run stream. It's a Konami-owned property who do not make video games anymore saying we are announcing a bunch of stuff around Silent Hill, like one of my favorite series. Like, okay, fine. I am ready to be disappointed in uh in what you're going to show me. And uh there was a leak. Well, there's a couple of things. There's a lot of like off so the two big rumors going in obviously was that Bloober team are doing something prob possibly Silent Hill 2 remake. And there was the leaked images that were somewhat verified of a somewhat Silent Hill adjacent project. Um, and both those things turned out to be on the money. So first thing they showed was the Silent Hill 2 remake, which is being done by Bloober Team. Uh, it is a remake of 2. It is not a new game. It is, it is a remake. It looks really nice. It looks good. No, um, no it doesn't. No, okay, no, sorry. it doesn't. Sorry. Okay. James looks dumb. I guess for sure. But like the rendering of that town and the stuff that's there and the lighting, it evokes what you felt like Sand Hill 2 looked like at the time. Which I don't know, works felt, for it, it, it doesn't I it, um, No? I'm not sure. It doesn't I don't like that I don't like that you can see through the fog. It's a yeah, it's totally. a, yeah. It's a it's a Silent Hill HD thing all over again, where it's just like, man, what the fuck is that game when you don't have fog? Like it's just, it's so weird, man. And it oh, looks. Totally. Oh, I think that game looks so bad. And I, I need to see more. Like there wasn't a lot of there was in game I know, stuff, but, the, but it was the, like the thing that the thing that gets me is that like James looks awful. Like James looks really really bad. The environments and stuff look good, fine, whatever. But the the main problem I have is that I don't think Blooper have ever made a good video game. No, this is the problem. Yes, is this, you're handing this is the you're handing this like prized thing to a bunch of people in the gaming community and giving it to people who have like very little cred in what they're trying to do. Like people like Layers yes. of Fear or whatever, but like I don't think it was good. I like I, I like uh, yeah. I, I like the first half of um, Observer. I think they were effective until they started putting creatures into it and then it failed spectacularly um mm. the the problem with bloober team is that they 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 have one they have the original soma problem of they can't do monsters in these games like they just yeah. they're just they're pointless they don't they just serve as well we need to throw some game at this and it doesn't work it's never worked um and their writing is bad like Yep. The medium was terrible for a number of reasons, but like the one thing that also runs through a lot of Bloober team games is that they have not progressed past the mid to late nineties horror thing of woo, mental illness is scary. And they just do such a bad job with all of that stuff. So then if if it came out, I think my perspective on this, partly out of sheer fucking desperation, let's be very clear. But yeah, I was gonna my say, yeah. My perspective on this is like Bloober Team don't have to write shit, right? They don't have to do any massive script rewrites, they don't have to write their own story, they don't have to design their own characters, they don't have to establish relationships between those characters. They're remaking a game that has a 
a blueprint that exists that is well known to be good. The thing they have to do is make it look good, make it run well, and not fuck up the combat. And I think they can do that. Possibly. Mm. Possibly. Um, the, the thing I will say, like, since this announcement, the Silent Hill 2 HD pack, I can't remember what it's called, but like the, the unofficial third party, like, yeah. let's make Silent Hill 2 run better on PC or runnable on PCs again. Um, their website went down via traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I thought I'm was very funny. Yeah. Um, it's a thing I kept meaning to go back and check out, actually, is, is getting that running. Um, it is it is now very clear why you cannot buy that game for PC like fucking any or you can I think there's one place you can get it I think, um, but yeah the the HD pack got got blown out the water via traffic and is now back and is available with new instructions and installer and stuff like that so that game is still available I don't, I don't know like it's yeah I'm not it's it is pure like sheer force of hope at this point that they don't fuck yeah. it up and I think they're that a project like this takes enough stuff away from them that they're bad at that it might be okay i don't I think know. that we'll see i think that in a in the world of uh people wanting remakes in the style of like resident evil 2 where it's the thing you remember but done to like a higher degree and stuff yeah. like that uh and bloober team not having made good video games i think that I am. I don't have the faith that you have. Yeah, that totally. It's I mean, going to be a thing. The other thing that I don't think this this series has really had to contend with is the kind of the kind of old tech blur. That's the thing you're saying about the fog, right? The reason why the fog's there, yeah. partially originally as a technical restriction, right? But turns yeah, into course, be yeah. such a core part of the aesthetic of that game, and like the creatures and stuff like that are so lo-fi on top of a screen that is low resolution with grain and stuff like that like your brain fills in a lot of the gaps which is what made a lot of that game scary like Silent Hill 1 is still scary even though that game looks fucking terrible right yeah it's a PS1 game like your brain does the work so you doing this stuff in fucking 4k HDR ray tracing like does that stuff survive that massive up res don't know we'll see we'll see no idea um so there was that announcement there was the the first new game announcement which kind of came out of nowhere which is um silent hill townfall which is being made by no codes who are the glasgow developers behind uh stories untold and observation different game from observer observation (laughs) which was very good which i liked quite a lot Um, yeah and they are doing something uh the the there's no game to show yet they have a kind of moods trailer and them talking about yo we really love silent hill and we want we're, we're glad to get the opportunity to do something slightly different with it so you look at what stories and told stories and told is like a text adventure essentially yeah um yeah. and observation is a kind of 3d thriller space thing um so yeah i, I have no idea what that is but They've got good Silent people Hill, working on it. it. It is weird that the Silent Hill, the new Silent Hill game is being made by people and being made by good Glaska boys. Yeah, like it, uh-huh. is, it is weird that that game is being made like half an hour from my house. I, <laughs> the, the, the susceptibility to that stuff I realized was in observation and it's observation set in this, this space station that's going wrong. 
Um, and the moment I flew past one of the crew's um, cabins and just this literal just can of iron brew just flew out of the cabin. Oh, I nice. was like, ah, shit. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, definitely. You got me. You got I was me. like, I, I was like talking, I was talking to people about it last night and like their their like office is like literally in the center of glasgow like you could just go there i've passed that like, number of times we could, yeah. we could just go and sit outside their office and be like guys come on like hey. geese a shot come on yeah i know right I, I am tempted to reach out and see i also almost applied for a job there at one point but um that would have been it, fun it was it was not i was massively underqualified um well yeah you're, you're not a game coder i'm not right? a game so coder sure. yeah yeah turns out um yeah that was yeah, super excited. Like with nothing to go on, excited about that project. That could be very interesting. Um, then there was a whole section on the movie, which sure, fine. Like Christoph Gans is back doing what appears to be a straight translation of Resi of uh, Resi of two of yeah. Silent Hill two. Uh, yeah. With I assume then Sean Bean, but who knows? Because also knows, that yeah. first game was like one and kind of three and kind of two and then yeah don't know um I, I i don't care i don't care about movie renditions of that series it's why bother like what 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 are you getting out of that except yeah Ugh. um so that then there's a whole merch segment which was like yeah of course fine which is like again after watching a bunch of people who are into that franchise watch that stream. Like the what I can't remember who it was, but I think it was possibly Jess from Giant Bomb was like, this is actually kind of like, yes, it's a very blatant like hey, buy merch, but also there hasn't been a lot of that for that game if you don't want pyramid. I was gonna say yeah. I was definitely like a double not double down, but like a commitment thing of like, no, we are doing something. Yeah. And, yeah. Like if you don't want Pyramid Head, then you're not getting any there are no like figures for that game. Like especially not like a James, especially not a Maria, especially not like the diorama thing they've got. That fucking uh, coin bank with the dog ending. I It's, it's so funny. good. Yeah, it's it's so funny. good. Like it was so out of left field and I was like, yeah, and it's a coin bank. It just, very good. Um, And then, the, then there was Sandhill Ascension, I want to say is what it's called. I can't quite remember, which I am still trying to figure out what the fuck that no is. No one knows what that no one knows. Well, like, okay. The, so the the interesting thing for for that is that so you look you look at the language of what they were talking about, right? And it was um like a vaguely online like live stream aesthetic with a story that has branching paths. So like you immediately go like, okay, so is it like a telltale game and stuff like that? But um the, the way that they were talking about it made it sound like it was a game that was designed to be streamed, like an interactive yeah. thing that was for multiple people to... Yes, so the interesting yeah. thing uh, is that you go look at the company behind... I mean, there's a bunch of companies behind it, right? Like Bad Robot Entertainment are behind it, JJ yeah, from yeah, Studio. Yeah. Uh, they've got... Uh, who's the actual developer? They've got uh, Behaviour Interactive, who are the Dead by Daylight people yep. on it. But then there's this company called Genvid, who are also associated with it. And they do this thing, and I've scoured their website trying to figure it out, but they do this thing that they call Miles, which are massively interactive live events, right? And they've done a thing like this for The Walking Dead was their last big one, right? Which, full transparency, looks like trash. But it is a episodic... God, okay. I'm just going to read you from the Genvid website. 
the uh, the thing on Walking Dead Last Mile. Walking Dead Last Mile is the, is the next big installment in the Walking Dead franchise where the story is driven by capital letters You, the fans. Experience and influence a constantly evolving coastal Alaskan community through an capital I instant game with new story content available daily, exclusively on Facebook Gaming and Facebook Watch. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown and Felicia Day host live interactive streams highlighting big moments, revealing new story details and discussing fan choices made by the audience in the instant game. Again, capital I, capital G, instant game. Right. Yeah. I have no idea what the game part of this is. A lot of the videos are like Event Nicole Brown doing like a roundup of this week's events and stuff like that. Um, but then you go to the bottom of the site and then you look at the screenshot there and it looks like a fucking like free to play mobile night game nightmare with like currency and like timers and shit. Ah, uh, sure. Okay. And you're like, mm, okay, sure. Um I have absolutely no idea what this thing is. I, I, I'm trying to actually The way they described it on, the, on the, the fucking show was like really vague and stuff yeah, as well, totally. so I'm not shocked. Yeah, um, I don't understand what they do. I do not understand what this thing is going to be. Because you look at, because the other half, most of their website is like business stuff. It's like, do you want to use this technology? And I'm like, tell me what the technology is and I'll decide. Tell me what it is. Yeah. Um, tell yeah, me what you do. It's wild. So that's a massive question mark. Um so the one thing, um, Dusk Golem, who's a, a, a Twitter user who is reasonably well-respected for leaks and stuff like that, um, they, had a, they had a Twitter thread that says, um, uh, so I inter- this is from the tweet thread, I interviewed J- uh, Jacob Novak, who's the CEO of Genvid. Excuse me. Oh, previously of uh, Square Enix. Interesting. Um, one of the people behind Silent Hill Ascension to clarify a bit more on what the project actually is. In basic, it's a narrative branching choice cloud streaming experiment that's going to be aired once as a mini series to tune into, and has community made choices affecting variations, various character relations, fates if they live or die. Doing some digging to the staff, people on the project include various ex Telltale staff, uh, people who worked on the Sonic movies. There's some history. Um, they've been doing this for a while with Walking Dead game. Um, Players individually did tasks to take care of an avatar character, solve puzzles, do survival scenarios to earn influence points that they could then use to vote on community-driven choices. Sure, okay. Uh, They were very excited. Uh, Yeah, so it seems like it's somewhere in between like a kind of, like the kind of Netflix interactive story thing. But it's live. But, But live, kind of. Um, it's interesting, right? It's like, and there's like a vague ERG it's a cool part idea, to like, it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, uh, but again, why Silent Hill? No right? idea. How, yeah, I guess no idea how, why that works for Silent Hill. But yeah, like Silent Hill does not is not is by design a very lonely experience, right? Like narratively, it's supposed to be. Um. So yeah, a big question mark on that. I have, I, I don't know how to feel about that at all. Um, and then the final thing. Um, was Silent Hill I'm gonna say F it's probably Forte considering the stylization of the F but Silent Hill Forte which is the thing that matches or aesthetically matches some of the leaked shots from months ago Um, and it is a Silent Hill game appears to be set in Japan appears to be going for a very different aesthetic than the last Silent Hill games very kind of like I don't know, it feels very cliche to say like a kind of, kind of Junji Ito style horror, but like 
there was well, like it's, chip- it's, it's the it's the horror of the designer like that is yeah his that style is, like yes so so you, you said the writer or director is a known quantity right yeah so the 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 big reveal it made people i didn't know it but it made the people that i was watching it with go crazy it's uh view Kishi, Ryusuke is that his name? Rescale seven or something like that. Rescale seven. I'll find it. Uh, um, who is the designer and writer of this thing called Higurashi? When the when they cry, it is no idea what it is. Never seen it, but my my anime friends assure me that uh, Higurashi is like one of the most respected and loved yeah horror anime of like the past twenty years or something like that. Like it was uh, yeah, big, Ryuki- big, 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 and really good. So, Ryukishi Ryu Seven is the Ryu uh, the creator yeah. of the When They Cry visual novel series, and Kara, yeah. who's the character and creature designer, uh, the producer is formerly of Nintendo, worked on like Luigi's Mansion and stuff like that. Sure. And the studio behind it is Neo Bards, who have co-developed a number of games with Capcom, um, Onimusha Warlords. They're doing the multiplayer Resident Evil game. They worked on a couple other things. This seems like their first own game. Um, but stylized, it's like it seems very plant based um, in terms of horror. Like lots of flowers, lots of vines, lots of um, with, with the kind of same kind of horror metaphors of like veins and sinew and stuff like that. And like the the thing that got me was like one of the things that the Silent Hill is always good at is playing into like the 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 less used horror, like psychological horror stuff of like it's not as visceral it's more like it sits in the back of your head and gnaws at you and the idea <coughs> sorry <coughs> excuse me the idea that um that trailer straight up goes into trypophobia like immediately yeah, it's a big, like, a big oh, one for a lot of people okay yeah. you know like you know how to you know how to fuck with people in specific ways and then what again like i've watched that stream i've watched a number of people watch that stream and the moment at the end of that trailer when that character's face falls off with the most horrific sound effect I've ever heard. Like it's visceral, right? It really does. Like it hits you hard. Oh um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So like aesthetically, like tonally, location-wise, yeah, sure. Like you need to do something else with that hell. Take it in a total different direction with a totally different team behind it. Um. Yeah. Fucking go for it. Sure. I'm. 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 Yes. For sure. Do that. Um. That was that was somehow. It was I, I wasn't completely distraught, but there was a lot of like clinging hope, basically. For sure. Do yeah. Something interesting there. Um so was that there was uh so yeah, Call of Duty came out the the week before, the Friday before you're hearing this. Well actually it came out the week before for like early access. Like yeah, got yeah. Yeah, access to the campaign early. Um and then the multiplayer and everything else came out. Um I don't know that I've seen a bunch of people play through some of that campaign and it looks like a Call of Duty campaign. Sure um, does. With some capital I ideology, perhaps, in there. Yeah. But, um... Fuck me, Amsterdam looked good in that game. Holy shit. That, true. It looks like Amsterdam. Um, looks like Amsterdam. Yeah, and I, and I went and looked and was like, okay, now that the second Modern Warfare game is out, I wonder if the... the, the new Modern... The, the first... Not the first Modern Warfare. The first new modern warfare game <laughs> you know it's like because they just called it the last one modern warfare as well like this is yes. the second modern warfare 2 game this is Mo- modern warfare 2 brackets 2022 yeah so I, I was seeing if the one from 2019 is reduced enough in price because i kind of wanted to play that campaign because it at least looked interesting uh no that game's still 50 quid everywhere yeah of course, of course it is. is 
Fuck it. Um, but the, the yeah, the story that came out on top of all of the stuff that that um about the game itself um is that the fucking physical version is fucking useless completely. Yep. Um, that game, the physical disc version of Modern Warfare Two, um, comes with seventy two meg worth of data on the disc, and the rest of the game is a hundred fifty one point four gig download, which is. Yep. As far as I can tell, I think we both looked at this separately. 151 is like the campaign and then co-op and multiplayer and another 50, 40, something like that on top. Something like that, yeah. Um, That's fucking wild. Like, why? Like, that's wild in every direction. If you're going to put 72 big on a disc, why put a disc out at all? Why not put a voucher in the box? Like, why are you even printing discs? And then... Or the other direction is, why are you printing discs with nothing on them? The whole point of a disc is that you don't need to do the massive download. And instead what happened is people who don't have great internet speeds took their disc home ready to play and then had to wait up to two days to download the rest of the fucking game. Yeah, Like, yeah. it's so point. Like, why the it's fuck? such a like, stupid I idea. I understand Modern Warfare is one of those games that you need a physical presence in a store for because enough people go, ah, it's the Calls of Duties for my son Steve, right? Like, yeah. I get that. But like, either just make it a voucher, because if you're going to make people do the download, make people do the fucking download, or put it on the fucking disc, put two discs, like, you need to make yeah, this fucking Yeah, make work. a disc, yeah. Um, also, why the fuck is that game 180 gig? What the fuck? Uh, well, yeah, remember that, like, so when I downloaded uh, Warzone, when Warzone was a thing, yep, and was too. like the hype, the hype, and I was like, I should probably try this. It was like 98 gig. Yep. And I was like, what the, I'm not downloading this for a thing that I'm going to play like five times. It's, yep. it's almost 100 gig. It was yep. so fucking crazy. So I don't know if it's just like the people that make the Call of Duty games are really bad at optimizing. So or I, that's I, just like what Call of Duty is. Like I don't so, understand why they need that much space. I don't even know. Like, I, re- I recently I recently I recently downloaded fucking Cyberpunk again, and that game looks just as good as or mm-hmm. almost just as good as like a Call of Duty game, and that's like 70 gig. Like yeah. it's not Yeah. So I mean don't get in, it. Don't from a technical, res- for a pet- technical perspective, I have theories, um, but like nothing concrete on there at all. Like part of it is possibly that the three parts of that game are like if you go back to like the PC versions of like COD Four and like that kind of stuff, like the three parts of that game, or the two parts of that game when it was just multiplayer and single player, they were separate exits, right? They were yeah, yeah. They were totally separate things that like if you you booted up the single player and said I want to play multiplayer, it would close that and open a new program. Like they weren't a single unit of stuff, right? Um, and that possibly has implications if that's still how those games are designed i don't think they are anymore but like maybe they're duplicating data across multiple things like warzone on its own shares a bunch of assets from the main games but maybe it doesn't because it needs to update at different frequencies yeah i have no idea i have no idea why it would do that but that's a lot of data for a six hour campaign like i Unless that is also like, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I have theories. I have nothing concrete. I, I don't know. Unless they're just massively not compressed, would be the other thing. Like, if because compression it's on all games, just raw files. Maybe like maybe like maybe a maybe a uh, a weakness of that engine is that it can't do dynamic decompression quickly enough for it to 
to be useful. I I, I don't know. I have, I have no idea. It makes no sense to me at all. But yeah, the, the, the disc thing is dumb in every possible direction. So yeah, insane. Um, yeah, and then just like a couple of minutes before we start recording, the Witcher is back for season four, except without Henry Cavill. Cavill? Season three hasn't even aired yet. This is the thing. He's got two seasons and then that's, yeah, yeah. that's it. It's done. So season four is planned. Henry Cavill will not be there for season four. And instead, Liam Hemsworth is now Geralt. Yes. Sure. I mean, I don't... That's not... That's not... No. Don't want it. Like, <laughs> Henry Cavill's so good at that character and, like, understands what that character is. And now it's just going to get given to other generic handsome man. Like, it's not... Exactly. Oh, it's sad it's also like I, I don't think it's it's not intentional but the the thing that i use for for keeping new stories in one place like we'll occasionally put ads in between the the versions of yeah, the story yeah. and the version of the story i have just has a wish.com ad in the middle of it which like <laughs> liam hemsworth has been wish.com henry cavill very funny wish henry yeah, yeah it's yeah. very good um cool i think that's everything uh what is coming up so i am tonight when it gets dark, going to get into Signalis. Finally, that game came out mm, yeah. on Friday. Yeah. I heard, getting hearing very good things. Exceptionally good reviews um, from the right people. Uh, and I'm super excited to get into that. I've been for a while talking about that game for what feels like years. Um, what else is there? I I am like an hour into Potionomics, uh, which yeah, I, I played play that game as well. I played yeah. the demo of that and I'm just about back to where I was at the end of the demo. So I'll, I'll get through that. Um, I feel like there was something else as well, and I can't remember what it was. Um, I talked about Scarm last time. Uh, I finally bought Project Zomboid. I haven't actually tried it yet. It was oh one God. of those things that was like, I was like, this will work on a Steam Deck. And it was like, in case I run out of games while I'm away, I should try that. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what that, we'll see what that game is. I have no idea what that game is. Um, I don't know what that game is. That is not a game that you're going to play. That is okay, what that game cool. Is. Well, we'll find out. Um, what about you? Is there anything that's coming up? For you well i um i wanted to look i've actually got no idea what's coming out yeah i'm just i'm just pulling up the list now uh november oh me it's november um yep. do, 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 do. Uh, the chant oh the chant what? that's the what? that's the um supermassive quarry style game from a new developer Oh, I see. Uh, there's okay. a PlayStation. I think it was originally. No, it's for everything. I don't know. I don't know. It looks interesting. That's the third. Oh, that oh, that game Harvestella comes out. Yeah, what is um, that? Somebody else was talking about. Like, it's like what happens if you took Final Fantasy and like Harvestman and made them a game. So it's like a life simulation oh, game that also has yeah. a JRPG on top of it. Okay. Sure. Um, Sonic Frontiers. Hello. That yeah. comes out. It's going to be I, fun as fuck. I want to read reviews for that game. I want to watch people. Oh, play of course, that game. I want to read reviews for that game. That game's going to be fucking hilarious. And then yeah. the day after, God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, God of War Ragnarok's the big one in the ninth, um, yeah. which I continue to forget is coming out really soon. Yeah, uh, Pentiment fifteenth, the Obsidian game. Um, oh fuck! Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Somerville. I guess that's, that, I guess that's my job. Yeah, I need to do that. Uh, and then the same day, Somerville, which is that game from the Inside People, I think. Or X inside people. X inside people, yeah. Yeah. Um got a random fucking date, like out of nowhere. It was like, and it's like in two weeks' time. Um that's the same day as um as Pentiment. So I will be checking into that because that looks very much like my shit. Um 
goat simulator. I don't know. Uh, the final or the next devil, uh, Dark Pictures. Uh, why Spider Man on this? I thought Spider Man came out. Oh, Miles Morales is Miles Morales now in PC? Is it just the original Spider Man? No, game? It's, it's the original Spider Man. Oh, Miles okay. Morales is there. Sure. Um, then this. I've been kind of waiting on that to see if it. And this is got Evil West. Oh no! What was that? The Western game that you played? Weird West. Weird West. Weird West. Evil West is a yeah. different game. Cool. Yeah, different game. Uh, and then Dark Tide is the thirtieth. Cool. Okay, so there's stuff um, for sure coming out. Um, site stuff. I want to show off Sunday Gold, so we'll get that um, yeah, sure. recorded. It looks awesome. Uh, possibly Signalis if it's worth showing off. But if not, I'll be back to talk about that next time. Uh, and then we need to start thinking about when we're gonna do. Game of the Year stuff. I guess, yeah. Um, we'll pick a date and do stuff. I've had all these cables since the summer one we were supposed to do that didn't happen, so we'll use it this time. Yeah. Um, cool. But until then, GameIngineStore.com is the website. You can find a little bit of those articles and podcasts that are up there. You can do YouTube.com slash GameIngineStore. Subscribe, get notified of new videos up there. We are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search GameIngineStore, well, see how long we're on Twitter for. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe we get banned off it for being too woke. Who the fuck knows? Um, <laughs> Facebook and Twitter Game Engine Start you find us there podcast at GameEngineStart.com is the email address uh, stay safe enjoy whatever you're playing and we will see you in two weeks goodbye bye bye